Cougs house. The Houston Cougars are going to get back on track with West Virginia this Thursday. It's going to be more difficult than we might have anticipated in July, but not impossible. What's it going to take? Let's jump in. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who came to that by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you can lay us on the Cougs in your news feed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day. And welcome back to the YouTube channel. That's what you found us. It is so, so good to see you again. We were humming along in the 1600s in the subscriber count. We're doing a giveaway every 250. The next marker is 1750. So hit subscribe to help us get there. And then like and comment on the video to so let us know you're in the contest for what we're giving away. We're still figuring that out. But in the meantime, if you're watching this video, you're kind of tired talking about West Virginia because that's what we're talking about all week. You're more of a basketball U of H fan. You're just here to chime in and listen to what the latest going on in the football program is. Or you're just a hater stopping by, like I said. Let us know in the comments if you're more of a tortilla chip person or a potato chip person. When just what do you like? Simple question, no wrong answers. Okay, there's a wrong answer, but tell me down below. All right, today's episode is going to be looking at what it takes for the Houston Cougars to win this football game. Three really, really important things for the Houston Cougars to do in this contest. Uh, we've broken into the three keys to victory against West Virginia. One of those is they got to get after Garrett Green, but still contain him. More on that in a second. They also have to give Donovan Smith time to find these zones soft spots. More on that in the second segment. And the third and final segment is a plea to get Parker Jenkins 15 or more touches of the football. Now, I think some of those seem fairly obvious. Some of those may not. But let's break down each and every one and see how Houston can come away with this victory on Thursday. Now, I mentioned in the rundown that the first segment is going to be about getting after Garrett Green, but also containing him. And I think that that's important to remember because, frankly, like there's part of me that wants to say just pin the ears back and go, go, go. Um, Garrett Green is the type of quarterback that looks flustered easily when you watch him get put under pressure against Penn State or get put under pressure against Pitt. Um, he did suffer some. He has also been hurt this season. He's dealing with some lower body injuries. I've seen ankles, um, regardless, that obviously would limit his mobility some, right? Um, I get why that would mean like intuitively you want to just ping your ear back as a defense lineman and go, go, go. I guess that's always been a saying for like you ping your ears back because theoretically – you're like, you know, less wind resistant or whatever, but you have a helmet on. I don't know. I played a lot of D line in my life and I never really understood that one, but I will say that I think that's the thing you want to do as defense line in this instance, because frankly, you see a guy there that has been a little banged up this year. However, as he's been healthy and West Virginia also had a bye week last weekend to get healthy, it becomes more and more obvious that, he is great at extending plays. He is great on his feet. He's getting 5.6 yards per carry, and he has three rushing touchdowns. Now, some of his runs are design runs, but the vast majority of his runs are actually just broken play scrambles. And so 
while you want to pin your ears back and get after him, and I think Houston's got the athletes to do that, truthfully, you don't want to spend a lot of your coverage guys in rush, and you know you can have a single linebacker spy maybe, but he's a really good athlete that typically, again, they practice too, he may be able to make a guy miss. Now, I say all that to say that you've got to send some pressure at the guy because when he did his thing as TCU, he had almost 3.2 seconds, 3.19 seconds per pro football focus to throw the football. That's way, way too much time. When you look at their loss, for instance, he had season was to Penn State. He had 0.4 second difference between how much time he has to let the ball go. Um, and frankly, against Penn State, he was having to throw the ball a lot in the second half because of the score, right? Um, I think what's indicative there is that you can't just sit back and make a beat with his arm because, A, he'll still take off on broken plays. He did that against TCU. They saw it happen in front, up close and in person. And, B, did I say A or 1? A, so A and then B. Um, he also, like as far as needing to get after him, it's not just that he's going to sit back there and make something happen eventually. It's that the way to knock him off his targets as Penn state found is to get after him quicker, right? For what it's worth in the pit game, he only had 2.65 seconds of the football, but that's the game you suffered the injury in. Right. And so that's the game they didn't play a whole lot in. Um, and so it's, you know, hard to exactly gauge how he would have been in a healthy uh, situation there, how he would have looked healthy after all of that. Oh, okay. Now we're back. Um, anyway, I have to say that I think the big thing here is going to Houston on implement the same thing I advocated for in the UTSA game. If you remember several weeks back, back when hopes were high and people were more optimistic or, or certainly I was, I still think there's a lot of room to get turned around here. And so let's talk about what that crush rush means when you have like a Gwegbu and Caesar rushing the pass, uh, the pass contained pass rush type guys at the C gaps. Those guys are typically supposed to be rushing the outside edge of the offensive tackle. They still need to do that against a guy like Garrett Green because you've got to get some pressure on him, make him get rid of the football, put him under some duress. The issue then becomes with the defensive tackles, your Don Wankos, your Cedric Williams, those guys. That's when you more like have them stand up the offensive lineman and maybe create some penetration one or two yards in an offline scrimmage to make sure they like win the battle or whatever. But the goal is not to necessarily even shed the offensive lineman in the crush rush type of scheme. Uh, you saw a lot of teams have success with, against, with this against in the NFL level, like a Russell Wilson or a Drew Brees, guys that were a little bit smaller. Not that Garrett's small, um, like Garrett Green, that is, from West Virginia, but people that did a great job of maneuvering around in the pocket um, and kind of creating extensions and plays of the legs. Um, and the goal is, is that your pass rush is forcing almost in a circular fashion. They kind of run the hoop, so to speak, forcing him back up in the offensive line. And A, he's going to run into the back of the offensive line at some point. But it also gives your defensive tackles more true side to side. Now, Parker, why would you do this every play against every quarterback if it works so well? The truth is, is that Sometimes that's a lot to ask of your defensive end to be only two guys pass rushing every play. And frankly, it typically takes a lot of depth at defensive end. We know we've heard Coach Holgerson talk some about Houston's depth and those kinds of things. Um, 
for what it's worth, I, I do think that that's a little bit um, overblown, but I, I get to the point there that you might not want to wear out a Gwegbu and Caesar in this kind of system. However, um, I think that's where you may end up seeing, I don't know, like a, a Zykia Strong or even if you pull down a linebacker to get some pass rush in in the same kind of system. Because uh, I know Brandon Max out for the year, but I, I look at this kind of a thing as like you might have to do it just because in passing situations, you can't let him beat you with his legs. Now, can you do something fun like line up Anthony Holmes instead of a you know a three technique? Do you move him out to a four or a five and let him do some of this kind of stuff? Uh, you know, Jamari Caldwell is an excellent pass rushing defensive tackle. Um, one of those more in between downs, can he do it? And that way you can kind of alleviate the constant pass rush pressure you're putting on Nelson and David. Maybe, but I think something you got to do because he, being Garrett Green, the West Virginia quarterback, can absolutely beat you with his legs. And you can't let that happen, but you also have to move him off his spots and not let him get comfortable. And that's the one way I see Houston being able to do this. Now, for what's worth, I thought they did a good job of this kind of stuff with Frank Harris. Um, it's UTSA quarterback. If you don't remember, he obviously was not a hundred percent himself, but he also was not comfortable at points in that game, even being the injured uh, coming off injuries guy that he was. And so it's kind of a similar game plan to me with a healthier, frankly, a little bit quicker quarterback. Um, that's not to diminish anything about their run game. I'm not saying that their run game is not the thing they hang their hat on, but I am saying that when you let them add this other dimension to their game, their offense feels a lot better than I think anyone was going to give credit for to start the year because they have extra levels to it. Um, so in taking away things, obviously stopping the run would be great. That could be on every week's big three keys to victory, right? But this week specifically, aside from the very basic generic things like stopping the run, I think they also need to make sure they get after Garrett Green and do it correctly. And speaking of doing things correctly, Let's talk about our buddies at Prize Picks. Now, Prize Picks is a fun daily fantasy sports game. So, if Thursday night doesn't go the way you want it to go, it doesn't go as well as you want it to go, and you're looking to get some victories in over the weekend, Prize Picks is the most fun you can have. You can win up to 25, uh, 25 times back your money this football season. You got to select two or more players, pick more or less in their projected stats, and place your entry. You can test all your skills and prize picks, all your knowledge and intuition about football, go to prize picks and use it. there. quick withdrawals, make easy gameplay and enormous selection of players and stat types are what all the kinds of different things that make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. It's going to match you up to a hundred dollars. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Make sure that you go there and tell them we sent you using the promo code Lockdown College as well. I have to tell you, have to tell you, have to tell you that if Thursday night does not go your way, it's a really, really fun way to get after it and make sure you kind of have some boost on your football weekend afterwards. Go to prizepicks.com slash Lockdown College. Use code Lockdown College for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, so I said my second Key to the vic- key to victory in the West Virginia game was to give Don Smith time to find his own soft spots. Now we've talked agnosium about how to continue to adjust our offense to Donovan and how Donovan can continue to grow into 
the offense game we've got here. It's you know it's not a, a square peg and round hole by any stretch, but it is a relationship, and just like any relationship, that's something you have to foster, build, grow. Right. Um, one thing I think Donovan does really well is these short, intermediate, quick read routes, box reads, quick RPO kind of stuff, um, setting up those kind of quick reads. You know, one read here, one read there, boom, and throwing a strike because he can throw the football. Right. And so I think those are things he's really good at. We talked about the short game in earlier episodes, um, and I don't mean to rehash that whole conversation. But West Virginia is maybe not exclusively a zone team like you'll hear other teams do or other teams talk about, but they are a very heavy, heavy zone team. And frankly, as we mentioned yesterday's episode with some of the key matchups, they've got some decent corners. Um, But any zone coverage team, is relying very heavily on their pass rush to get after the quarterback because at some point in a system or at some point in a zone defense, what you're really doing is having kind of areas of the field covered. Now, obviously, you match up in a man. I don't mean to make it oversimplified. This is not Madden. However, in zone coverage, there will always be soft spots, right? If you've got a low flat player and a whole player, there's kind of a window there where the stick route is open, right? If you've got cover three deep, you kind of have the two seams down the middle of the field. If you can distract the corners and pull the guys down the cover three, there are spots that are open, right? Um, for those things to develop, again, the goal of what West Virginia is trying to do is get after the quarterback and make him make a rush throw into a crowded zone or you know, be maybe a little early or a little late or whatever, right? If Donovan Smith can have time, there's a ton of different route combinations that Dana and company have run in the past. The Dana and company have run earlier this year, right, um, that beat the zone coverage. We talked a lot earlier this year about finding uh, Joseph Manjack on things like the stick route, right? Um, the underneath kind of stuff that gets Sam Brown the ball, right? Um, and frankly, there's been one or two times where Sam Brown has a deep throw where the truth is, is that the zone coverage, whether it was his deep ball against TCU or or whatever. The zone bites down on one of the, we'll say, bigger name guys um, underneath, and then he's open over the top because he's finding the space behind the zone, right? Um, all those things work. All those things are money. All those things should be in Houston's bag of tricks for this weekend. You also should see some double moves because zone coverages have trouble with double moves. You should also see some sort of trickeration because if anyone in the zone bites and trickeration that could lead to big type plays right however in all of those types of offenses what you absolutely have to have is the time to execute them right Thomas smith is averaging 2.72 seconds to throw the football this year and bluntly that might not be enough time against west virginia's zone. it just not right now is this the kind of defense that gets after you rushing the quarterback like tcu did not quite, but they're still a very talented pass rush group. And while they don't quite go nine deep in a three-man front, they do have a lot of different guys that Houston's going to have to account for. Now, Houston's had some time to beef up how they're doing this, right? They've had more time at practice with Iman Yagavi this week. Um, they've had enough game film now to break down. There shouldn't be any holes in any in, – in, I would say any 
punches held and then I got stuck saying holes. There shouldn't be holes in the line either. Um, there shouldn't be anything held back though, because at this point it's no longer hypothetical. We've seen the offensive line, the system and the, uh, the scheme play out over the course of the season, right? We've also seen where some of those holes come through. Guys have had trouble. Now I say that to say that theoretically, the bye week should be a get-right week. The bye week should be a week where you're working on and fixing things. However, we also somewhat know, right, that sometimes it's Jimmy's and Joe's and X's and O's. And so we'll see how those things get fixed this weekend. Houston has a pro-left tackle. Houston has a very talented and veteran center. Houston has veteran guys across the board, right? It's just where will they find ways to plug those gaps and holes and where will they have clearly – where we'll be able to see visibly that they've been working on these things. Um, and if they can do that, if they can give Donovan time to throw and find ways to break the zone down, look for guys like Sam Brown to have a big, big day. Uh, Sam Brown's had a big, big day. And, and I'm back. I don't know how it's going in out, but I'm sitting next to the router, so who knows, right? Um, I will say that the kind of routes and concepts that put Sam Brown on lend themselves to breaking through zones differently. A lot of the stuff you see Matthew Golden run are coming off of rubs, coming off of this, coming off of that, using his athleticism and speed. He's a great route runner, right? Um, I also think you'll see Joseph Manjack some. Um, running his classic little quick sticks and those kinds of things to kind of pull the zone down, collapse the field. He's a big target in that slot area, which the slot typically has good days against zone. Um, and then here's my guess. I have no inside information on this. I'm not, and frankly, if I did, I wouldn't tell you where it's coming from. Um, but this is the kind of game where after bye week, you could see a new receiver pop in the mix, right? We've seen basically Houston focus on three guys all season, which is, We'll talk more at the end of the season if that was the right decision or not. I don't know what that is thus far, but it's midseason. Um, Boogie Johnson, right? Boogie is fast. Boogie has great footwork. Boogie has speed. Boogie's played in the Big 12 before. Um, frankly, Boogie is built to beat zones. He's built to get in those pockets and sit, catch it, and burst out of his, you know, like from a standstill really, really fast and get up field for extra yardage, right? He's built to beat zones. He's a very, very talented young receiver, um, just a sophomore, right? And so I get why <laughs> theoretically, you know, he hadn't have the all of the experience that Man Jack or Sam have, but he's not exactly inexperienced. And he's his experience is all big 12 play. And He's a really good athlete for this kind of a week and playing this kind of a defense. So that's a guy I'm keeping my eye on. Again, for him to get into those double moves with all the great footwork he's got, for then to find Joseph Manjack on the stick routes and pull the defense down, and for th those to amount to anything, they're going to have to make sure that Donovan has the time to throw it. And frankly, if they do, this could be a big-time shootout. Now, admittedly, if it were to be a big-time shootout, we'd all kind of want some extra defense on the field at times. And if you are wanting some extra defense on the field at times or extra defense in your house at times for just in case, let's talk about getting 
the Chase case because everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case offers five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind that you have all of the right kinds of medication and access to them in an emergency. Jace Medical, make sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Use code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today. All right, so I said the third and final key to the game this week, or the the thing that I think that they need to do that's imperative to do, they got to find some sort of way to do is get Parker Jenkins the ball 15 or more times. Now, I don't think I have to convince you that Parker Jenkins is good. We're past that. I don't think I have to convince you that Ivan Lincoln Parker Jenkins sent Alden McCaskill transferred out of the program last year. You remember that episode. I will say that I don't completely understand, and I appreciated uh, Rob Sellers, I think it was Rob the other day, and the Dana press conference asking what the thought process was behind Parker getting to play a lot less in the second half of the Texas Tech game than he did in the first half or the Sam Houston game, right? It felt like we turned a corner, and frankly, he had a career, I mean, put him on the wall in Houston Hall of Fame kind of career day against Sam Houston State. And we were told after that game was because of his great week in the return game the week prior at TCU. And I was like, okay, they gave him more opportunity. He flourished. It should continue. And for what it's worth, in the snaps he played against Texas Tech, I'm not grading him on the same curve they are. I'm sure they have things they're looking for as coaches. I'm not at their practice every day. But I do think he played very well against Texas Tech in his limited number of snaps. And so... I didn't come up with any magic when I came with the number 15, but it looks like to me that when the running back touched the ball 15 or more times, they're heavily involved in the game plan, right? Um, for instance, Parker Jenkins just ball 20 times against Sam Houston State um, and just 13 against Texas Tech, right? I don't know what it is about that 15 number, but it's a big one. And I know that Dana said in the post game, I said Rob asked him this, um, not in the post game, it was like on Monday's press conference. Um, why didn't he get the ball more? And Dana said something along the lines of he's a freshman and there's, you know, you got to take your time with that and be careful with that and be cautious with that. And get a kid beat up because he's a freshman running back, but he's playing high school kids a year, all those kinds of fairly cliche answers. And I, and I don't mean that to say that coach speak is not always cliches because frankly, coach speak is always cliche as, as a, as coach, a lot of ball, right? It is always cliches. What I will say though, is that it's not bogus to me because it's cliche it's bogus to me because we've seen Dana Holgerson hand the rock off to a freshman a bunch of times, right? In 14 games as a freshman, Alton McCaskill, 2021, Houston had a great year. In 14 games as a freshman, McCaskill had 15 or more touches eight different times. And he had more than 20 touches two times, right? Um, I get that Parker Jenkins is young, but McCaskill was young. If anything, Parker Jenkins is 
equally, if not higher rated and touted and all those kinds of things coming in. Um, he adds this burst to the offense, a visible burst when you see him play. He just plays at a truly different speed. He's fast. He catches the ball and accelerates. He accelerates through contact. He accelerates through the hole. He accelerates after the ball is handed into his pocket. Right, hit the microphone. Trying to demonstrate a pocket. Right. Um, I also don't think this is Iman Nagavi being spoken for on behalf of Dan Augustin because Nagavi operated one running back for his time at Tulane, and that was Tajay Spears, and that was a smaller dude, admittedly a future pro, but Parker Jenkins could be too, and. In 10 of their 14 football games last year, Tajay Spears had 15 or more touches. And he broke 20 carries three times. So I know it's not that Iman Yagavi is against giving one guy the rock a lot and using him up over the course of a season. I know that we've seen Danny Holgerson do this a freshman before. I don't buy this excuse that he's too young to do this. I don't buy this excuse that he's incapable of doing it because He's played as well or better than everyone else in the running back room. And I don't mean that as shots at Brandon or Stacy or uh, Tony or whom, whoever else is in that running back room. The, Brandon is great downhill, tough yardage. He falls forward, right? Tony is great at finding cracks in between the guards that don't look like they're anything and squirting through for an extra couple yards when there should have been a loss of yards. I think Stacey Sneed's got great hands and she could move to slot. Like, I think they each have talents. I just think the guy that gives the most to this offense is Parker Jenkins. And I think Parker does a great job of catching them all up out of the backfield, too. And that's why I was specific to say touches. He doesn't need 15 carries, he needs 15 touches. That's 11 carries and four catches. That works, right? Um, because I think what he. He doesn't pass block very well. I get it. He's a high effort pass blocker. He's just not always in the right place at the right time. And frankly, he is a he is a freshman. He is not very big and strong. He's going to be bigger and stronger, I should say. Right. Um, but what he gives you in pass game as a receiver also pulls a linebacker out of the box typically if the defense is worth themselves and things, right? Typically in zone cover teams like West Virginia, you'll see someone peel off their rush to go cover the, you know, running back out of the back out of the backfield or whatever. Um, and I know that that semantics and doesn't actually take, I mean, it takes one guy to rush. It's not great blocking, et cetera, but it should in theory work fairly similarly, especially on first and second downs. I mean, like any positive yard is good. You're trying to continue to be ahead of the chains, et cetera. Having those check downs, the guys at the backfield is the thing that Donovan can do and is good at. It's thing that Parker Jenkins can do and is good at. It's thing that is built in this offense already. And it's the thing that continue to bring those corners and safeties closer and closer to the line of scrimmage for the eventual pump and shot downfield, right? Pump and deep go, uh, you know, double move on the outside, all those kinds of, <coughs> excuse me, getting overexcited. But all those kinds of things develop from hitting guys short and making the zone defense react. In a man defense, it's just the guy covering Parker that comes down tight to the line of scrimmage, right? In his own defense, they all just start to collapse because they're all somewhat responsible, right? And I think that's a way that he helps his offense. I think he's got to touch the ball 15 times. I don't think I'm crazy for saying it. I think if Houston's going to win this Thursday, he wants to say Saturday, they got to get after Garrett Green, but find a way to still contain him, right? They got to get Donovan Smith enough time to find the soft spot in that zone. And Parker Jenkins has to have the ball 15 or more. Times. If you think I'm missing something 
or you think there's something more important than all of that, tell me in the comments down below. I'm more than happy to hear you out. Uh, I try to read every comment. I really do. Some of them get a little negative. If they're long and negative, I don't read the whole thing just because I, I have, I don't know, I have feelings. I don't know. Uh, but with all of that said, uh, thank you all so much for tuning in today to Lockdown Cooks and making Lockdown Cooks your first listen. For your second listen, I'm recommending Lockdown Astros because it's an exciting time. It's October and Astros baseball. And frankly, my four-month-old has no difference between – he only knows the Astros as winners, and I think that's a crazy, crazy concept. Go check them out. They're doing a great job covering it each and every day. So go check out the Locked on Astros show for your second listen and rep the H. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Locked on Cougs is Prime Locked on Podcast Network, and that means your team every day. Go Cougs.